everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I'm your co-host today, Kevin, back with just two of my favorite people. You know them, you love them, you heard them two times already just last week, and they're going to do it two more times this weekend. I'm going to just stand by that we'll, wording. <laughs> we'll do it as many times as you want, Kevin. As <laughs> many times as you can handle. Oh my God, three times? Okay, I'm ready again. <laughs> but uh, you you already know those. Wait, stop, stop. Keep going, Kevin. You you already know one of the you already know those beautiful voices. Uh so I'm back with my good buddies, ZC Kroll, Zach. Hey. What's up? Every fucking time. What? Uh, <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Hi Zach. How are you? you? I missed you I miss too. You. I took a took a little bit of a break there. I had I was sick. And then, uh, you know, we had the holidays. Yeah. So, it, but uh, we were. Thinking, I, I appreciate. It. I was just been. I was been a little busy. Yeah, man. You're you're much too popular. Your I appreciate your thoughts. Yeah, I appreciate your thoughts. Um. Mm-hmm. So, so Zach is back after returning to Midnight Terrors on the Older Gods episode. Always a pleasure, and that was a fun one. We were also joined on that episode by. Uh, wrestling fanatic and legendary horror author as well, R. Jacob Honeybrook. Roy. Wow, legendary horror author. The the wrestling legendary. fanatic was that was accurate for sure. <laughs> no, they were both accurate. But hey, man, thanks for having me back. Ready to talk about some uh, some movies tonight? Yeah, man. Uh, first and foremost, uh, everybody listening, we are at the end of 2023 as this is being recorded and as this is coming out. Both of these episodes are dropping uh, on December 31st. This is how we're closing the year is with a pair of episodes with the boys here. And yeah. we've we've covered a lot of movies this year, a lot of new releases, but there are two that we have not covered on the show yet. And I don't know why. So that's what we're going to end this year on so we got one episode for you here there's going to be another one that drops at the exact same time so check that out as well with the boys here and there are two theatrically three at that theatrically i cannot talk today theatrical releases that we have not touched on this year and one of which is the movie for this episode renfield so how excited are you guys I thought you. I thought you said Rambo. <laughs> we can talk about Rambo if Nicholas Cage is in it. Sure. Could you, could you imagine Nicholas Cage as Rambo? That'd actually be pretty cool. He was good. Actually, face off. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, Zach? No, no. I, I, I thought this movie was awesome. I absolutely loved it. No, you're just jumping on it. No tease. Oh, no foreplay geez. whatsoever. Just raw dogging it, man. <laughs> all right i'll rewind okay so this movie that came out in 2023 <laughs> would you like to hear my thoughts about it kevin <laughs> oh god so i'm i will say this zach i am just as excited to talk about this movie uh as you are because <laughs> this spoiler alert for my thoughts this is one of my favorites to come out this year in movies in general but uh, but obviously in the horror genre as well. Um, this movie looked great from the trailers, and I was so hyped for this. Uh, Zach, actually, that first con that we went to, uh, Horror Hound earlier this year, uh, Jenna Cannell from Renfield was there, and I had no idea she was in it when, when yeah. I went to go 
meet her until I went over to her table and saw that she had Renfield posters and I got to talk to her about it and I was so jazzed to see it. And uh, I also love this movie, so I'm excited. Yeah, I regret not going to her table. I should have. I didn't have enough time. Did you not? I thought you went to all the Terrifier no. people. No, nah, I didn't get a chance. I left yeah. early on Sunday. I wanted to. Yeah. Was that the hangover day? I mean, that was all the days, but <laughs> that was one of the days. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, Roy, needless to say, me and Zach were both hyped for this movie. Uh did you know about this movie when it was coming out? Yeah, so I had seen the advertisements for it and the trailers, but like I was talking to Zach before we started, I could never learn shit from trailers anymore. It's just a bunch of random <laughs> scenes thrown together. <clears throat> you know, we don't have any more of in a world where Dracula. It's just like <laughs> boom, boom, boom. So I knew it was a take on Dracula in the modern day. I just wasn't sure where it, they would go with it. I thought it was going to be more like a straight comedy, but I was pleasantly surprised with how action-packed and badass this movie was. So I, I loved it. Fuck yeah, dude. This is just going to be a lot of quotes, a lot of just listing favorite moments, because this movie is a fucking blast from start to finish. It is so absurd and so over the top, but so clever and charming at the exact same time. So I don't know about you guys, but one of the selling points for this movie for me, well, I guess two, one that Nicholas Holt was in it, uh, because he's always just fantastic. Loved him in the newer Fox X-Men movies. Uh, and also the fact that Nicolas Cage was going to play Dracula. <laughs> just, yeah, how could you not want to see that? I mean, I'm a Nicolas Cage fan through and through. I love Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I am uh, too. And like, he seemed like a perfect choice for Dracula. Like, If I had to pick him to be one of the Universal <laughs> Monsters, I feel like Dracula is the most natural fit. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't know why. I, like, I just, I, I just think he's perfect for the role. Yeah, it's almost like, why didn't anybody think of this before? Yeah, I'm just picturing what other universal monsters he could be. He could be the <laughs> Invisible Man. I think Christopher Walken could make a pretty badass Dracula too. I could see that. Could you yeah, imagine yeah. Nicolas Cage's Invisible Man? I'll show you who I am and what I am. <laughs> That's uh, the worst impression I ever heard. <laughs> What'd you say? That was the worst impression ever. <laughs> that was my Nicolas Cage impression. Oh, I thought it was your Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Now, now it makes sense. Okay. I no, I can't do it. I can't do a Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't you know, Zach, it's really easy to judge impressions when you're thinking that I'm doing a different person. <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible Stallone. Like, damn, dude. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that. I also think it was perfect casting because Dracula is kind of insane. And I think that uh, you need an actor that is kind of insane uh, to pull that off. So when I saw that he was going to play Dracula in the trailer and the little teaser trailer with, you know, the I need to get out of a toxic relationship. And then it just cuts to let's eat. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is going to this is going to be glorious. Um. Yeah, I like how. Nicholas Cage is kind of like a loose cannon type of actor, so you never know what he's gonna do. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I, I'm sure he like probably improvised a lot of stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Like I feel like just him, him being like a, a you know Dracula. <laughs> I don't know. Just... <laughs> you ever seen um Dracula Dead and Loving It with Leslie? No, Nielsen? it's on my list though. Oh, you got to see that. It's so good with uh Leslie Leslie Nielsen, right? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's I need per to check that out. Comedy. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of this. Like, or this kind of reminds me of that, rather. 
Like it's a. So can we, we got to talk for a second about this as a whole. We've mentioned Dracula a lot. Dracula had kind of a big year this year because between this, we also got, uh, or with this, we also got Last Voyage of the Demeter. Did you, did either of you watch that? No, but I was going to bring that up about the resurgence of Dracula all of a sudden within a matter of like weeks. I was wondering if you guys had any insight on that. Yeah, I, I don't have any insight on why they decided to do that, but I also, but I did see Last Voyage of the Demeter when it came out. I did not see Last Voyage of the Demeter. I want to, the trailer like knocked my socks off. Like I thought it looked awesome. And I love the concept, like just kind of taking one chunk of the novel, like one chapter and like making that its own movie. I thought that was a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've not seen it yet, but I want to. I'm sure I'm going to love it. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it on the show at some point, but I definitely yeah. recommend it to be seen. Cool. Um, and it's unfortunate because, again, resurgence of Dracula, you know, he's he's OG horror, man. Like, Dracula's the shit. I love Dracula. Anytime we get a, an iteration of Dracula, I'm excited. And uh, I don't know what happened this year. I just... Because it's one thing to note about Renfield and, and Last Voyage of the Demeter is that they both bombed. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. Kevin, you were... Sorry, Roy. Kevin, you were on my podcast and you are telling me that Renfield bombed, and I had no idea. I thought it did Yeah, I'll really take, well. a, take a look at this right now. Yeah, uh, I saw Renfield got like, I don't know, fours and fives, maybe like sixes out of tens. And I was surprised by that. I was like, I thought this yeah. was a yeah. really fun movie. So I never out. pay attention to that stuff. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, I love this. Everybody must mm-hmm. love this. And, right. and I thought there was going to be a sequel. Like they kind of teased a sequel, but. Yeah, critically, yeah. it did well. People seem to really like it. But yeah, I don't know what happened, man. I just don't know. I don't know if it didn't get the press. It did come out in the wake of the Mario movie. So that might be, uh, yeah, you know, being sense. buried a little bit because there's a lot of movies that weren't horror that kind of overshadowed a lot of this stuff. But yeah, looking at Wikipedia. So take it with a grain of salt. Renfield's budget was 65 million and it made 26.9 million. Oof. So like didn't even make its budget back. I know and, for me, whenever I was seeing stuff about it, I was just like, ah, oh, that just looks like some goofy comedy movie with Dracula and I'm not really interested. Then I, mm-hmm. when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is actually cool. So maybe more people had that reaction. Maybe there was something in the marketing that didn't connect. Yeah. And then Last Voyage of the Demeter. Forty-five million dollars, and it made twenty-one point eight million. Man. So, like, they both—it's un- unfortunate, man. And I—I I wanted to touch on this when I knew we were going to do this episode, like, because again, we say we—I said this before. Dracula, OG horror character, you know, just one like even if you don't know horror, you know who Dracula is. You know, the novel Bram Stoker, Bram Stoker's Dracula is iconic, as is the '30s film, and you know, even Bram Stoker's Dracula, the film. Uh, with Gary Oldman, just everybody knows Dracula. And I wonder with where we are now with horror, uh, and I want to you know open the floor up to you guys about this. Do you feel like Dracula still has a, a place in like mainstream horror these days, or is it too OG? Like what did do younger generations to you care about Dracula? Um I can go first, Roy. Yeah, go ahead. So I think the first part, like about the resurgence this year in particular, I think um, just because it's a like a public domain, uh, like franchise property, I, I think anybody, <laughs> any studio can just kind of make a Dracula movie. 
and then kind of twist it in any way they want. So like you have Renfield where you can do like kind of like a comic booky type of comedy. Um, and then last voyage of the meter, you can just focus on one chapter. So I feel like studios have more like leeway to, to kind of like do what they want and be more creative because it's a public domain thing. So I think that might be kind of like where the resurgence is, but like, um, I don't know. I think it still has a place. I just think it needs to be like scary again. Like I, I feel like that's what Last Voyage of the Demeter was attempting. Because like mm-hmm. the the ninety two one with Gary Oldman is scary as shit. I don't so know if I've, you guys have seen so that I've, movie. So but... I've heard. I've never seen it. It's on my watch list, but I've I've heard it's great. Yeah, that's yeah. one where like Dracula's green with the white wig. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I saw that long time ago, but I I do remember it. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think like it's a timeless story, and it's like it's always been around. So like th- this resurgence is kind of like it, it's always coming back. Like every couple years, like you're always seeing. You know, there's like that Dracula Untold one a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, and there's definitely something to the vampires. Like they're huge in pop culture. I mean, the Twilight movies yeah. were out not that long ago, and they blew up the movies and the books. <clears throat> so I think there's definitely an allure to the vampires you know they're lords of darkness they have a seductive flair to them they're really like demon looking monsters in their true form i think there's always a place in horror for dracula you know really the king of the vampires but i mean maybe it's a thing where it's been so played out that people are just kind of oh another dracula movie whatever because like, didn't they put one out vlad the impaler or whatever that was a different take on dracula too and I don't think anybody remembers that movie. Yeah, I think that's what they did with uh, Dracula Untold was that they made it Vlad the Impaler becomes Dracula, basically. Yeah, so maybe, like Zach was saying, get back to the roots. <clears throat> but you would have to do it really well because now you have that iconic 1930s Dracula movie. How are you going to put something out that's going to be better than that or at least up to that level in today's today's standards? Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of like, oh, sorry, Kevin. No, go ahead, buddy. I was just saying, in, in this like age of, you know, you get stuff like Hereditary, and you got like this Ari Aster, you know, in the A24 aesthetic where stuff's like really scaring the shit out of people, you know, and you get like kind of like that viral, viral reaction from people, you know, where like, do you see that scene in Hereditary? Like, I feel like Dracula needs to have that kind of moment again. And, you know, like we have like that new Nosferatu coming next year. Yeah, that's right. Rob, Robert Eggers. That's kind of based on Dracula. So I feel like maybe he could kind of like give a kind of honor Dracula if, in that way. If there's anyone that I think could do well with Dracula as their source material, it's Robert Eggers. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I think too, part of the challenge is not just with Dracula or vampires or anything. It's just horror in general. There's just so much bad shit happening today, <laughs> you know? I mean, really, since, you know, I always go back to 9-11 when America itself got attacked and then just everything that's happened in the past couple of years, pandemics, all this and that. It's like, how do you create something that's legitimately scary and something scarier than what's going on in reality right now and do it well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, like, this is why, not to go off in too much of a tangent here, I apologize, <laughs> but this is why I loved Renfield so much because, like, I feel like this is the type of thing for this moment that you should do with Dracula because, like, because the world is so fucked up right now and things are actually kind of terrifying right now in reality, not to get like, you know, on my political soapbox or anything. It's like Dracula right now compared to reality is like, of course he's just some like dramatic guy, like holding like a little cloak, like looking like this and like, 
with his long fangs and like he's got like it's like it's just silly like you know so like i feel like it totally made sense like totally made sense to make a comedy like screwball comic booky thing yeah he's yeah. almost like a uh undead vince mcmahon billion just eccentric billionaire weirdo guy <laughs> please update imdb roy and put that as the that's like part of your review. <laughs> Dracula is basically Vince McMahon. An undead Vince McMahon. <laughs> the older Vince McMahon gets, the more he looks like Dracula. But uh, it was me, Austin. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Oh, God. So good. Uh, but I was going to say, Zach, in agreement with you, that I think that the part of the genius of Renfield is that it's a Dracula movie that's almost not about Dracula. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I think that's another cool thing to do is put someone in the world of Dracula as our focus. And then like Dracula's there because Dracula's not in large parts of Renfield and that doesn't bother me. You know, when Nicolas Cage shows up as Dracula, it's, you know, 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10. But I am equally as captivated when I'm watching Renfield on the screen as I am with Dracula. Yeah, it has that effect like the original Star Wars did. I think Darth Vader was on screen all of about five minutes, yet he's this iconic character. And when he does show up, you know it means something and you know something's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, same I... with uh, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. There's only like a few core scenes where he's really, you know, they showcase him. Same with Beetlejuice too. I, think I was going to say that even Beetlejuice with Beetlejuice, is only in the, like thirteen minutes of the whole movie. Yeah, that's seventeen minutes or something like that, which is crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, when he he casts a long shadow, you know. Yeah. So, but I think Ren, it, I think Renfield. Sorry, Roy. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it's the old adage that less is more. If you overexpose yeah, exactly. something like that, you're gonna, you know, overexpose yeah. it. Don't overstay your welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think Renfield is destined to become a cult following movie, though. I think people that didn't see it in the theaters are already finding it on streaming. And everybody I talk to loves it. I don't know anyone that has anything bad to say about it. I, I um, have the same experience. Yep. Yeah. So I think this is going to be a movie that finds its audience as the years go by, and it's going to be more appreciated than when it came out. It's like that underworld effect. You know, when mm -hmm. that came out, everyone made fun of it. Like, oh, werewolves and vampires shooting each other or whatever. You know, 15, 20 years later, people are like, huh, Underworld's pretty kick-ass. Yeah, and I right? think this will probably have the same effect once a couple years go by and a little more people are exposed to it. Mm -hmm. So You know what uh, else this reminded me of? And, and I didn't, it's not the same type of movie, but I didn't think much of Shaun of the Dead when I saw the trailers. And, you know, like, that's a classic. I mean, that's obviously one of yeah. my favorite comedies ever but if you look at the trailer like you don't really think it's going to be anything special it's just kind of like some random british you know comedy and mm -hmm. i watched that movie like three times a year <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> yeah i thought well, too this reminded me of uh blade mixed with rush hour <laughs> and what better combo is there than that that's, that's a good beautiful. call <laughs> yeah. that's beautiful so so shall we talk about why this movie is going to be a cult classic? Because, again, it's fucking great. So let's walk through it, shall we? Uh, I think that the frame story of Renfield, played by Nicholas Holt, who is just just top notch in this movie. Uh, he is such a likable dude in here. And I think this frame story of him relaying his story to the support group 
is genius. Like that's what sold me on the trailer was that line of, I need to get out of a toxic relationship, but it's him with his relationship with Dracula. And then we get a fantastic opening recreation of the Dracula scene from the thirties, but with Nicholas Cage and Nicholas Holt. And yeah, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking like, I would watch a whole movie of, just like this. Fucking the, right. Can we get the yeah. black Prequel and white like 30s remake with Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage? <laughs> It'd be so I'm here fun. for it. Um, but um, I like uh, Nicholas Holt. Um, I like how he plays it. Like you're, you know, supposed to relate to him, like, like as someone who is might be going through a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, for people who you know can relate to that, and you know, someone who's in an ab- abusive kind of manipulative relationship, and you know, is seeking to get out of it. And and he could be anybody. He could be, you know, any type of person. But that the, the, they use Dracula and Renfield to tell that story, like that character dynamic, I think was like super creative that they made him the main character. And I feel like it's true to Renfield's character. Like this is actually what Renfield would be going through if you're reading the novel Dracula or watching, you know, any of the movies. Like this is totally true to how Renfield would probably feel behind the mm-hmm. scenes. So like it just it just seemed perfect. Yeah, and then that's exactly they... what I was thinking too. Because in the book, Renfield is like this <laughs> guy that Dracula basically takes over and says, "Hey, you're going to do all this for me now." Yeah, and you got to think if it's told from the point of Renfield's perspective, he's like, well, "What the hell is this? Like, how did I get myself into this mess, and now I can't get out?" <laughs> and they set the tone right away that this movie is going to be clever. It's going to have a message about it about you know overcoming toxic relationships. Uh, like this movie is actually very moving and compelling when it comes to that angle. Uh, I def- definitely think that there's a beautiful message to take away from it, but it's also going to bring you some gore because that scene of Dracula versus the hunters at the <laughs> beginning when he gets out of the circle uh, is just batshit crazy. <laughs> I mean, uh, that my note in here just says flying into the priest's mouth and making him explode. <laughs> <laughs> and then before that a couple of the hunters they break one's neck and rip another one's throat out like it's just <laughs> so gory i'm like this is amazing were you caught this. off guard by that roy since you yeah. really familiar with the trailers <laughs> where you caught off with how like bloody it was yes i was like oh this is gonna be some some funny goofy thing and i'm like oh holy shit no it's not <laughs> they just killed the pope <laughs> so good I can tell you one audience that isn't probably going to be happy with this movie is ska lovers <laughs> because they rag on ska music in here so much. And it made me fucking die of laughter every time. I feel like cool ska lovers are in on the joke though. I feel like they mm-hmm. can have, I feel like they have a good sense of humor because yeah, I, I like a little ska on the yeah, side. I was, like, I was late I to the ska like love and I actually do like ska. Yeah, but the jokes were making me fucking laugh. My oh ass yeah, off. me too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Zach, I think you used an oxymoron of coal skull lovers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, oh wait, I thought you were talking about skull the tobacco. That was oh, right. that's how cool I am. <laughs> Here comes Metalhead Roy to shut down ska music. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I can get down with it, man. I was a big Tony Hawk soundtrack fan. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's a scene where a woman in the support group is literally talking about her abusive lover. And she says, low down on the list, he's really into ska. (laughs) (laughs) She's naming all this shit that he does that's awful shit. And then he's really into 
ska music. Son of a bitch. Um, and I heard he was a Nickelback fan too. Is that joke outdated yet? No, but it is offensive (laughs) because I'm a Nickelback fan. But that's okay. (laughs) Nickelback and Halloween ends, man. Think you know a guy? Hot take. But uh, believer. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's a line from a big guy at the support group when the girl's talking about how her boyfriend loves ska he just stands up and goes i fucking hate that shit <laughs> that's right but he just quietly sits back down <laughs> oh beautiful um and i again we're just gonna go buck wild on this i just have a bunch of notes just kind of like chiming in on stuff so feel free to jump in wherever um oh yeah there's a there's a note in here where i think renfield is trying to make an excuse for something and the dialogue when when he's talking to aquafina is sorry i swallowed a bug unintentionally and she says what other way is there (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) our uh (laughs) arc again just clever little jokes like that yeah. Um, our villain in here, outside of Dracula, Teddy Lobo, is fucking hysterical. Like, <laughs> yeah, Ben Schwartz, I like that guy. His yeah, he intro... was a great villain. Yeah, it's he's, t- the, he's the voice it's of Teddy Sonic Lobo. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say, Roy. Is the cops see Teddy Lobo running away from the scene, and the the girl says, "It's Teddy Lobo," and he goes, "Are you sure?" And then you just hear, "I'm Teddy fucking Lobo." <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, that later on when Teddy Lobo's trying to run from the cops, I never noticed this, but the fact that he's throwing fucking cocaine bags at the cops. <laughs> One splatters on the guy's face. Oh god, cocaine. <laughs> it's just it's just so absurd, dude. Yeah, that's part of the charm, is just how over the top everything is. And it has to be. Like it just works. I was gonna say between that and the the gore, like it reminds me of Zombieland. Like it's it's not mm, it's unapologetic. It's, it, it's not that afraid is. to be gory and be a rated R like horror comedy. You know, that's probably why the box office wasn't so good. Because like, if it had been PG thirteen, it probably would have made a a truckload. Yeah, I actually going back in, I couldn't remember if it was PG thirteen or R. Then the gore started. I'm like, oh, it's rated R. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes in, this is not PG thirteen. <laughs> Um, but Zach, you brought up an important point. The practical effects in this movie are fucking stunning. Like when Dracula is all decayed in his little hideout. God damn, that looks good. Did I bring up that point? I don't even remember. Yeah, you were talking about the makeup and the effects. I was. <laughs> well, I agree with myself. Good point, self. Yeah. Point Zach. So Zach, what uh, what stuck out to you? Um, Nicholas Holt, his performance, like he's just very charismatic, and um, you could I could see myself being his friend. He seems like a friendly guy. He just you know like he's very relatable, and um, I don't know, he just seems like a Renfield type of character. Like he just I just feel like he nailed it. Yeah, for sure. What's so, fu- what's so funny? What are you laughing Sorry. at? For? Just the way you worded that. Renfield seems like Renfield. The schnozberries taste like schnozberries. That's not. That's, is that what I said? I was that's like, just, he, that's just how my brain registered it. <laughs> tell your brain to 
fucking uh, <laughs> get it together and listen to what I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Sorry, Teddy threw cocaine at me and I just can't keep it together. <laughs> um, and yeah, Nicolas Cage just like completely knocked out of the park too. Like he's mm-hmm. the perfect Dracula for me for this type of movie. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know if he could do like a serious Dracula. Well, I wouldn't I be mean, able to take I won't be able to take him seriously. Yeah. If he did like the Gary Oldman type of version. I yeah. I, could, I mean I the closest he came that. was that opening black and white scene. Yeah. It's a cool scene, but like he's he's perfect for this type of thing. And I love the comic book. You want to keep going or Sorry, I'm gonna Roy look like he had something to say because he was laughing. Oh, oh, go ahead, no, Roy. I was I was just laughing at the uh the Dra- the Nicolas Cage's Dracula in the black and white because <laughs> the whole time it's like that should be Dracula, but that's fucking Nicolas Cage. <laughs> or from certain angles, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> There's that meme on there that Marilyn Manson kind of looks like Nicolas Cage the older he gets. Yeah, I can see it. Steve Buscemi. Anyway, continue, Zach. Oh, no, I thought Roy had something. To, or did you already say it, Roy? I already said it. Yeah, he was... I, I was laughing about Nicolas Cage just being Dracula in the concept. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what else I was going to say. That's it, Kevin. <laughs> okay, well, we'll just keep going then. Uh, again, I'll just rock through my notes and we'll just point out the greatest hits. Uh Lobo confessing to his crimes before anyone even comes in the room. That got me off guard. <laughs> He's like, he confessed everything and no one's been in the room yet. Because he just wants to get away from uh, from Renfield. Um, which, is that before or after Renfield eats a bug for the first time and starts fucking people up at the restaurant? That That's after he eats the bug for the first time because he does that yeah. whenever the hitman shows up. Oh, yeah, that's that whole, right. Yeah. That whole sequence is awesome. Punches his head off, flies into Lobo's car. <laughs> yeah, this is oh, a good yes, action yes, yes. choreography, too. Yeah. I, I think this the... is Chris. Oh, sorry. This is Chris McKay's first live action movie he directed because he did uh, the Lego Batman movie for this. Oh, hmm. no shit. Yeah. I think that's his oh. only other movie. So. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I knew that name from somewhere, but I didn't know what from. So that's that's an interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Roy, you have it. Because Renfield does his whole opening monologue about how he doesn't want to bring good people to Dracula. So he brings the bad people. Comes in and he's got a rag with chloroform to go get the drug dealers. And they throw bags at him. He goes, what's this? He's like, the cocaine we stole from your boss. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then, yep, the executioner uh, just... Yeah, I love these fight scenes with Renfield versus the bad guys. Like, they're so gory and so over the top. And like Zach was saying, just well choreographed, too. Not just with the gunplay or anything, but the fight scenes. I actually feel like, you know, the hits are hard and the action is seeable. Like, a lot of times in movies, it's way too close up and you can't see anything. I felt like in this, you could follow every move of the fight and it made it that much better. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, when we meet Aquafina's character at the police station, did you catch uh, a cameo from someone from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 in there? No. Mm-mm. Caroline Williams is there as one of the people working at the police station. Oh, no. Hmm. And it's here. Stretch herself. Hmm. I am I am unapologetically a huge fan of Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre Part 2. I like it, too. I don't know why we have it. Maybe that'll be episode 100 because I think I've talked about that fucking movie like so many times on the show 
and we've never done an episode on it. Yeah, that's a good one. I like the whole. Well, I don't like the whole franchise, but yeah, two's funny. Um, what was I gonna say? Edit this out. Sorry, Kevin. Roy, no good. You're good, man. Roy, did you have anything that jumped out at you from the from the movie? Oh man, I really like these characters. From Renfield to Rebecca, I thought they had great chemistry together. And one thing I really liked is how they helped each other throughout the movie. There were times where he saved her life a couple times, and then <clears throat> there were times where she would get him out of a situation or she would do something that would make him more powerful and you know he was able to take on stronger people or whatever. Um, so I really liked the dynamic between those two. And I also liked that each character, whether they were a protagonist or an antagonist, each had their own motivation and it was pretty clear. Um, you know, so Renfield, he's trying to escape from Dracula. He has his motivation for doing his stuff. You have Rebecca, she's trying to move up in a police force that has been corrupted by the crime. So how is she going to work around this? And she's trying to take revenge on the people who killed her father, who was also a police officer. So I like that their uh, motives were really there. And too, I, I don't know if this stuck out to you guys, but each character in this kind of has their own Dracula. So Renfield has Dracula who's telling him what to do and kind of like putting him down. You have Rebecca, her Renfield is this police department that's controlled by the Lobos gang that keeps her down. And then even Teddy Lobos, he's doing all this stuff to try to impress his crime boss mom. So even the antagonists have, um, you know, great character development, I guess you would say. Yeah, and they do it all in such a, like, quick burst of time. Like, when you, this movie's really short. Like, it's like 95 minutes on the dot, and it does not waste a single second. Like, we get to know every character, and we get a bunch of action and a complete story in 90 minutes. And take a lesson from that, Hollywood. You don't need to make every fucking movie two and a half hours long to tell a good story. Yeah, and that was one of the things that that kind of got me because I wasn't expecting that. So usually when I'm watching movies for these podcasts, I'll take notes as I watch. But when I was doing this, I was missing action. I was missing plot points. So I had to go back and rewatch it <laughs> after I took my notes, and then I was able to really comprehend everything that was going on i could just sit down and enjoy it and not worry about everything going at a fast pace and missing out because i'm writing things down yes sir uh there mm -hmm. is a joke at the police station that makes me laugh every time and it's so simple but there's that poor employee kyle that they keep ripping on the whole movie every single time someone fuck you kyle that's Next right I remember him. <laughs> he's on screen he gets like a couple lines here and there but then, like, Aquafina, uh, Rebecca, and um, several people, it's always just a repeated joke that pops up. Fuck you, Kyle. She <laughs> says it. And later on, uh, Lobo's gang, the paid-off cops, are trying to get um, Rebecca to join them. And he's the guy's like, better hours, better pay, better parking space. In fact, Kyle's parking space. And Kyle goes to say something, and the guy goes, fuck you, Kyle. <laughs> like it's just a little joke that pops up here and there. Fucking uh, Kyle. No, fucking Kyle. Uh, Roy, I another... liked your sorry, Roy, I liked your points about um everybody having their own kind of Dracula, like kind mm -hmm. of like the power dynamics there. It's a good observation. 
It's almost like you're a writer or something. Oh my God. Would you look at that? What? <laughs> I call myself one. And you caught it, Zach. <laughs> so it's like you're a writer too. Yeah. It's like you're both writers. Nah. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a, we never said we were good ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my job. <laughs> there's a, there's another joke in here that's so quick that it's like, close your ears for a second and you miss it. I don't know how you do that, but I guess you can. Uh, when they walk into the restaurant before the big fight scene with Renfield there, uh, Rebecca's partner comes in and then like goes to take off and he goes, can you order me a number three? The toilet just ordered a number two. Oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> I didn't catch that either. <laughs> I did think what was funny at that part is how Renfield was talking to Dracula. He's like, what do you want me to do? Bring you a bus full of cheerleaders? And as they're at the restaurant, a bus full of cheerleaders pulls in. <laughs> and a group of nuns. <laughs> and a lovely couple there that are on a date night. Yep. <laughs> oh, so good. But that scene at the restaurant is magnificent. Like, it is so gory and so much fun with Rebecca and Renfield teaming up. Just beautiful. And how cool does that hit squad look with those werewolf masks or whatever they are? Oh, that was such a cool oh, yeah. look. Yeah. That was such a cool look for the villains. I think yeah, it's a cool uh, gang uh, look. Running something like that it would be like in Batman or something. Yeah. Yeah, like the Scarecrow's boys. Wolf yeah. gang. Very like a <laughs> theatrical wolf gang. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rebecca has a line in there at some point where she's like, did you just uh, kill that man with a decorative silverware? Yeah, she. I think it was. Did you just cut the man's arm off with a decorative serving platter? Uh, yes, that was adrenaline. I wish somebody would say that to me. I mean, we can say that right now. I don't know if it'll mean anything, but well, I, I actually want to cut someone's arms off first. You can't just say it. I mean, you got your choice of two people here. No, I like you guys. <laughs> Give me some hitmen. So you're like our. You're like our Dracula. We have to bring you people that you don't like. Yeah, I can get behind this. Yeah. <laughs> cut that cut that editor cut that <laughs> cut that anything. self um there's there's another part that made me laugh Dracula's going over his plan for world domination with Renfield and he has a big logo that's got Dracula's plan or something written on it and then on a sticky note underneath it it says and Renfield <laughs> yeah, um, I, thought, I thought that was a funny touch too like in the center, it has like the big Dracula and a symbol. And then it's like a little piece of tape. <laughs> and Renfield. <laughs> and Renfield. Uh, the moment... hey, is, hey, is it okay if you guys keep talking while I take a quick Aquafina? Sure. Aquafresh. <laughs> the, uh, the... Aquafina. <laughs> right here's my mouth. You don't have to go anywhere. Oh, God. Not editing that shit out. <laughs> Sorry, I was actually getting more water while he's losing some. Oh, that was a drink that wasn't you aquafinaing too? <laughs> God, I think I might need to like <laughs> go to a doctor if that was the case. <laughs> That's like the world's longest piss from Adam Sandler's. So they're all going to laugh at you. And most forceful. Fire hose. A straight like projectile pissing. <laughs> projectile pissing. <laughs> None of this shit's getting cut, dude. <laughs> I hope not. 
That I feel feel like there's a song title in there. Projectile piss vomit. Oh, gross! <laughs> That's one of those like really shitty metal bands. It's gonna be a grindcore, technical, brutal death band. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense in the end. Once doesn't you hear it, it, doesn't it always? So, uh, Zach, your thoughts on projectile piss vomit? All right, what did I miss? Your thought, your <laughs> thoughts can... on projectile piss vomit? Was it that loud? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's a long story. <laughs> I just want to leave it there. <laughs> we don't, we don't need to, we don't need to dive into anything anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for my healthy flow. Okay, Roy. You should... The crimson flow. We were joking, <laughs> like Roy got up right as you did, and he went to go like turn the turn the sing on for a second, and it went like. <laughs> and I was like, Roy, were you aquafining too? And he's like, Jesus, I need to go to the doctor if it sounds like that. <laughs> so and then from there, started... we got projectile piss vomit. Yeah, and we started. I think it was projectile mm. piss vomit, yes. right? Well, it's projectile piss, then I was gross and added in the vomit. Yeah. Because well, if you vomit was... out your dick. That's my uh, favorite Norwegian black metal band. Projectile <laughs> yeah. piss vomit. It right? does sound like a bad metal band. <laughs> uh, okay, where the shit were we? <laughs> um, God, right after never... the restaurant scene. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there. So the moment in the theater that I realized like Whole, like wholeheartedly how much I love this movie is when Renfield goes to the support group and decides that he is going to um, stand up to Dracula, not serve him anymore. And then we cut to this montage of him like clothes shopping and renting an apartment <laughs> and <laughs> cleaning his apartment with this like really upbeat, really catchy dance song, actually. And he comes in with this really bright like sweater <laughs> I that at that point I was like this movie's fucking beautiful. Um, yeah, because you're kind of rooting for him, and you like that yeah. he's kind of you know it's very tongue in cheek and like cheesy, but you know you also feel kind of good for him. Mm-hmm. And he brings uh, flowers to Rebecca uh, for <laughs> her at the station because he wants to you know ask her out on a date, and she has a line where she she says. Uh, do you always bring flowers to give a witness statement? And then doesn't he say, no, I brought them for everyone. Then he starts handing these flowers to police officers one by one. <laughs> Again, all the side characters are great. I can't, I got to put a pin in this now and just bring it up now. We mentioned her earlier, Jenna Cannell's character of Carol in the support group, the one that always gets cut off when she's trying to share. She is fantastic in this movie uh she, like we met her uh zach we met her again at silver scream con uh in boston back in september we talked to her about renfield before it came out at horror hound and then i talked to her again uh in september with my mom and we went up to her and we were like renfield was fantastic awesome. uh and she was thanking us for seeing it and my <laughs> and my mom goes to her and is like like, I just loved your character. I connected with her so much. And <laughs> and Jenna goes, 
oh, I don't know if I should like say thank you or I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but she's you got a, a picture total... of her, right? Both times. Oh yeah, I think yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, but she's a she's a total sweetheart. Love, love, love Jenna. Um, but her character is so good. Again, all the side characters, including hers, are just top notch. Um, yeah, I like the um the leader of the group therapy too. The uh Mark, yeah, so, uh Brandon Scott James. Mm-hmm. He's on the show. Do you guys watch Ghosts on CBS? Mm-mm. Oh, you guys would like that if you like horror comedy stuff. Check out Ghosts. It's a very okay. funny show. Okay, like that, that, that to the see, list. Like, what, what we do in the shadows. It's kind of like that kind of. Okay. See, I've never, I've only seen a few scenes of what we do in the shadows, but I've heard it's fantastic. Yeah. Ghost is funny as hell, man. All right. And, he, and gonna... he's really good in it. Okay, cool. I'm going to add that to the list. I do love like whenever he, like he seems like he also improved a little bit here. Yeah. Like little things like where Nicholas Holt's like, I'll, he won't grow to full power. <laughs> he won't grow to full power. Why would you word it like that? But that's great. You know? <laughs> That just yeah. seems like fuck the script. I'm just gonna say what I want. Yeah, yeah. I think he's an awesome comedic actor. Um, I also really like the setting of Dracula's lair in the abandoned hospital that we get to see later on. Like when when Renfield's bringing all the bodies in there, and when Lobo and his gang go in there. Like I just I love that setting. It's so it's like actually kind of creepy the way it's set up. Yeah, and you know what that reminded me of too? The way Dracula's all decomposed and he's bringing them people to eat is Hellraiser. Oh, yeah. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Good call. Uh, we, that's, I've never thought about that. That's very, <laughs> that's very much a, a pinhead thing for sure. And too, not just the hospital. I thought all the settings in this were pretty cool. Like the Lobos Club how it has like this weird art deco aesthetic to it, but it's also has that new Orleans look as well. Mm-hmm. New Orleans. <laughs> 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 um, there's a part in this movie where Nicholas Cage turns it up to 11 and Zach, I think it was you that said that uh, you're pretty sure he ad libbed some stuff in here. Oh yeah. I think the scene where he goes to see Renfield at his apartment after Renfield decides he's not going to serve him anymore and Renfield is explaining why he abandoned him and making all these excuses. Nicolas Cage is it sucks that we're not doing a video, but Nicolas Cage does this like mhm 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 <laughs> like and just these little like facial movements that had to be like those are Nicolas Cageisms if I've ever seen any. Yeah, he reminds me of the Nicolas Cage from Face Off if you've ever seen yeah. Face Off. Dude, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorite movies, dude. <laughs> While we're talking about Nicolas Cage, I just thought of something. In <clears throat> college, my buddies had this whiteboard. And people could draw in there whatever they wanted. But the one drawing that always stayed up there and never got erased, it was a caricature, Nicolas Cage. But he had a cock and balls on his forehead. And the caption was, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There's a band name <clears throat> right there. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I was gonna say, I've seen Pickleless Cage. There's a pickle with his face on it. <laughs> oh God! So unfortunately, I have not seen Face Off yet. Oh. Uh, there's a lot of Nicholas Cage movies I need to get to. Con Air, I need to get to. Oh, Con Air is great. Um, The Rock. Oh, yep. The Rock. That's one of my favorites. I forgot yeah. all about that. 
Yeah, again, I just <clears throat> listen, I know this movie that I'm about to say is a bad movie, but damn, it's entertaining because of Nicolas Cage, the Wicker Man remake. Oh yeah, I like that. The, yeah. the original one's way better. That's one of the yeah, scariest movies I've ever seen. I've not I've not seen the original either, but uh Ooh, the... have me on, we'll talk about it. Okay. Look at it's been on the list for a while. I definitely I'm I love me some seventies horror now, so I definitely want to get to that one. Yeah. Um but I like the remake too. Hell yeah. But how did it get bees. burned? The bees, how to get burned, how to get burned. <laughs> get off the bike. Step away from the bike. The bees are in my eyes. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, I want a gift made of, of Zach and I doing that. <laughs> on the mic. Ah. <laughs> Roy's like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> it's like, what, what movie are you talking about, man? Jesus. Uh, oh, no, I've seen the Wicker Man remake. It's just been since it like came out, however long ago that was. Oh, six or something like that? Sounds Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, we were actually a- talking about um, From Justin to Kelly. Oh. Sorry. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> um yeah, a lot of again, a lot of my notes are just uh you know, my favorite parts of the movie. Uh the highlight of the movie for me is later on when uh the Lobo gang and the cops come to get uh Renfield and Rebecca at Rebecca's place or no, Renfield's place. Yeah. Uh, after she's put him under arrest for the supposed murder of the support group which was devastating to me, by the way, when it seemed like everyone in the support group was killed by Dracula. That's um, a brutal scene. Yeah, a <laughs> lot, lot of throat slashing. Uh, but yeah, we do like get you a... grow to like those people, and it's like mm-hmm. it was kind of yeah, devastating. Mm-hmm. But we do get a happy ending for them, which we'll get to. But the highlight of the movie for me is Renfield gets his mojo back. He finds a bug that he gave to uh, a kid with an ant farm earlier. And he eats the bug and he goes to town on this gang <laughs> in the apartment complex. I love when he's eating the bug too. He's just like holding the ant farm, eating it, like shoving it into his mouth. Oh, that was so gross. The family's just looking at him like, you're a monster, Mr. Renfield. <laughs> uh, he, like this fight scene is so absurd he fucking impales two guys with severed arms from other people. <laughs> like, just chucks them, and they get impaled on the wall with severed arms. Brilliant scene. Yeah, I was telling Roy before we started recording, like, I love how he's kind of like this comic booky, almost anti-hero mm-hmm. kind of vigilante type. Like, almost like a Deadpool. Like, it's kind of like a Deadpool mixed with Zombieland, where... You know, he has, like, these special powers, and he needs, like, his, you know, he needs to re-energize, and it's cool. Yeah. And I noticed that Robert Kirkman, the writer of uh, The Walking Dead and Invincible, he came up with the story for this, which is probably why it has such, like, oh, a no comic shit. book. Wow. Yeah, kind of has, like, a comic book anti-hero kind of feel uh, to it. That's I awesome. wondered if it had roots in a comic book, actually, because it very much feels like a comic book movie. Yeah. It almost has that, did you guys ever see the movie Wanted or Smoke and Aces? Yeah, totally. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Love smoking aces. Super underrated. Yeah. Um but two in that fight scene, how that there's like a one one of the cops in the ski mask just grabs his face and rips it off. I wonder if that was a homage to face off. 
No, I never thought oh, that's about funny. that. It might be, yeah. That's a good idea. That's a good call. Yeah. I love the but, little shriek, too, that the guy made yeah. when he gets gets his face ripped off. And his eyes are going. That, that to me, was very Hellraiser, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say at the end of that scene, though, I kind of uh, felt attacked when the jacked guy with the great undercut got stomped in half. <laughs> I felt that one. How'd you feel when uh, Renfield <laughs> uh, drops down, like, past Rebecca, and he just slowly does like a miss america wave to her yes parade <laughs> wave <laughs> um yeah again dude that that fight scene in the apartment complex is like the pinnacle of the movie for me and the movie keeps going and is still great but man that apartment scene is fun uh and i love that visual of renfield and rebecca just like descending from all the corpses in a big pile and she's like, you know, uh, when people ask you, like, if you've experienced anything weird and you're like, oh, I've seen weirder, this is going to be my weirder. <laughs> uh, and I, I like not... how she's kind of like the straight man in the situation. Mm-hmm. Like she has to play it like she's seeing all this crazy shit in this world and <laughs> she has to play it like. Uh, like she's us reacting to the stuff that we're seeing on the screen, you know, like she's yeah. the... um. I didn't expect Lobo to become like a minion of Dracula. That I that actually caught me off guard. Yeah, it was a nice touch because now he's super powered. His goons are super powered. So now you have these minions <clears throat> of Dracula taking on Renfield, who's the same thing. And then it just takes it to the next level. Yeah, and I love their meeting scene too between Dracula and Lobo because Dracula just starts laughing like very maniacally and Lobo goes, are you happy or are you going to fuck me up? <laughs> yeah. Those uh, scenes like when he goes to that, uh, is it like a mansion when he meets that, that family, like his mom? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, it's man. at the top of the club, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I really felt like, like him being that legend of Dracula. Like I could totally see, like it seemed like they really pulled it off, like him in the costume and like just how pale he was. I was like, I totally buy like this mystique around him being dracula i thought it was mm-hmm. like really well done yeah and renfield's got to go save uh, rebecca's sister from dracula and the lobos uh we get another just amazing fight scene between lobo his goons and uh and renfield and holy shit <laughs> renfield versus lobo when he does that fucking like super kick to lobo and we see x-ray vision mortal Kombat style of him like shitting out his innards and throwing them up. <laughs> Again. Oh, I was gonna say um kick ass too. This kind of reminded me of that oh, kind of like, oh, yeah. aesthetic. Yep. Yeah, definitely Sorry, some of ahead. those like lesser known Marvel obs- like obscure comics. Was yeah. Kick Ass Marvel? Yeah. No shit. Uh I think it's listed under like there's another podcast I listened to. They called it part of their Marvel reject series, like just one of those more obscure like characters. Okay. I think I it was like an in, imprint of Marvel, like not like officially like the Marvel mm-hmm. universe or whatever, but yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that Mortal Kombat <laughs> fatality there caught me off guard. It was so <laughs> badass though, because then you see the blood blow out of his mouth then as ass. <laughs> just like, holy fuck. It's a hell of a finisher, that's for sure. Um, but again, all of it, like when Renfield is trying to convince Rebecca that Dracula is a bad guy and like to not join him. Again, 
as like as funny and brutal as this movie is, it's actually pretty like moving and emotional when it comes to like overcoming toxicity in your life, which I think is uh is always important. And again, all encompassing in this 90 minute movie. I think they accomplish it all. Yeah, and that's kind of a theme that you don't see uh like an arc that you don't see a lot of characters go through in a lot of stories. It's kind of a unique take on a relationship in a movie or like uh even between like two friends, like kind of like well not friends, but like the whole master servant kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a weird dynamic between two people to explore in a movie. And even like with characters, you don't really see that kind of struggle with a character. You know, you don't see like especially in movies nowadays, it's usually the protagonist is very one dimensional and the antagonist is very one dimensional and like this relationship had a lot of depth. Like it was kind of, I don't know, it's very unique. Excuse mm-hmm. you, Roy. <laughs> Trust me, that wasn't a fart. You would know it. That was me Trust moving my stool. <laughs> he would put his ass. He would put his ass up to the microphone if it was a fart. <laughs> no, I'd take the microphone to my ass. <laughs> oh God. No, but talking about what Zach says too. Um, yeah, just all all the different relationship dynamics and specifically with like the whole toxic relationship or whatever i mean you you can use that in your own life as far as just not letting yourself be walked over and taking a stand for yourself and it can be tough to do sometimes but i like that this movie shows that if you go around for centuries trying to please someone else and do everything they want to you're just going to make yourself miserable so at some point or the other you just gotta stand up for yourself Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, Renfield's speech to Rebecca about, you know, this is what Dracula does. He makes you feel like you need him, you know, to be what you want to be. Um, I think we've all been there. We've all had our comfort, com- comfort, comfort blankets and like, you know, things that we feel like we need or people that we feel like we need to be able to be our best selves. And, you know, you don't need that. You can be what you want to be and who you want to be no matter what. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Getting, and, getting real uh, deep with Renfield. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about, uh, Zach, you mentioned the one dimensional protagonists anymore. And it really does seem to be an <laughs> epidemic of that. We're introduced <laughs> to a main character. They smash everyone in their, in their way. And then the movie ends. And I think that's usually three hours. And, and look, how, <laughs> look, look how much is packed into this 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and you think back to something like rocky or star wars you know if it was just rocky blasting dudes like tyson for 90 minutes it's like well that's cool but that's not much of a story you know they need to have these obstacles they need to have this adversity to overcome and if you don't have that it just kind of falls flat in my opinion yeah and the yeah. solution that you need to take away from this movie as well is that if you're being attacked by a vampire use a uh use cocaine to make a circle to contain the vampire That was uh that was quite funny when Rebecca uses the the circle of containment or whatever by using the cocaine that was in there. Yeah, because doesn't Renfield say wasn't did you use holy water or this or that? Yeah. She's like cocaine. <laughs> uh, there's actually a scene that made me wince, like like ooh, uh, when Renfield is fighting Dracula, uh, Dracula goes to bite um, Rebecca, I think, and Renfield puts his hand in the way. And Dracula's fangs go into Renfield's hands and then break off and oh, the yeah. teeth are just in his hands. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. 
But then it's badass because he uses the teeth to just punch Dracula in the fucking yeah. face. And uh, Roy, I think I can guess your favorite uh, Nicolas Cage Dracula moment, which is after they contain him and they're going to dismember him. And he's like, any last words? And then Nicolas Cage holds up the metal horns and says, hail Satan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that I actually forgot about it. I literally laughed out loud when he did that. <laughs> what a complete and total badass. Yeah, just going down swinging. Have you ever uh, seen the pictures of Nicolas Cage and his son? Mm-mm. Oh, his son's just like this crazy metalhead guy, like oh, hair yeah. down to his waist, like black leather. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, awesome. I think I've heard that Nicolas Cage is a metal fan, isn't he? Uh, I know his son is because there's a meme. It's like when you think life is boring, just remember Nicolas Cage has a metalhead son. Oh, oh. there you go. I love hearing that. <laughs> right? It makes <laughs> you feel good. <laughs> if it makes you feel good, do it. Especially what I cocaine. learned from Tales. That's what I learned from Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. uh the dismembering of dracula after they contain him like all the shit that they they do they fucking like get acid and like a chainsaw and shit to cut him up and then put him in a little cement cubes that they're gonna put away they're like i don't know if it's enough to stop him but it'll work for now i'm like (laughs) shit i like how they give no question that this is gonna work for a, a considerable amount of time I mean, I would fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> How much then, else you uh, can do? Yeah, and then like they're setting up for a sequel. Like they, they they could probably write their way around somehow. They bring him back, but the way that they do that at the end is just like, yeah, he's going away for a while. So important question: uh, Do you guys want a sequel? Oh, I was just gonna ask that. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, I, I thought of this tonight. I thought this would have been cool as like a 12 episode TV show, like nothing too long that drags out, but like a concise couple episode TV show. I think it could have been awesome too. But as far as the sequel goes, like I'm weird with them. Like they're doing Joker too, and I'm sure it'll be cool, but I don't think that's a movie that needs a sequel with Wait, this uh, one. Joker, Joker two is what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, to me, that's a movie that was fine as a standalone. I don't think it needs a sequel. My this though my goal or my silver lining for that is seeing Lady Gaga in it. I think she's gonna do fucking fantastic. Lady Gaga, Lady, <laughs> Lady Gaga, Gaga yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's just a phenomenal entertainer, so I'm sure she'll kill whatever she has in there. Yeah, the musical element about that, I'm a little confused about that, but we'll see how I'm. You know, never say yeah. never, so we'll see. But continue, Roy. Uh yeah. For this one, um. I mean, I wouldn't hate a sequel. I like these characters and would like to see more of this world. But if it is just a standalone movie, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Exactly. So I love uh, Zombieland Double Tap. I think that's a very worthy sequel. So if if they could do something like that with a Renfield 2, where it's like it's actually, you know, not like a masterpiece like the original, but like really does hold up to the first one. I'd be down with that, and not something that's kind of like a disappointment. Yeah, like yeah, Dumb I and think... Dumber Two. Have you seen Dumb and Dumber Two? <laughs> kind of a bummer. Is that Dumb and Dumber, or is that the third one? Yeah, the third one. So what you're saying, Zach, is it was Dumb and Bummer. Dumb and uh... bum and bummer. <laughs> uh. 
Yeah, I also would not be opposed to a sequel, but I also don't want them to just like make the same movie again. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know where you go from this without just doing like Renfield part two and it would yeah. be entertaining, but it wouldn't be as lasting and it might also hinder the first one if they just do it again. So you would have to bring a new spin to it, I think, to do a sequel. So oh, um, I would play with all the universal monsters. I would like bring in like Frankenstein. Yeah, that's a like, good as, idea. Like as an opponent, like make, you know, Renfield go up against Frankenstein. So it'd be like, be like an updated version of the monster squad. Yeah. Or maybe like Renfield connects with uh, Frankenstein's monster and Dracula connects with Victor Frankenstein. Like, oh, there like you go. Whole, yeah. uh, I just when jumped you, it off the top of my head. I don't know. When you said that, I was thinking like the old Castlevania games, how you would fight <laughs> Frankenstein's monster and the Grim Reaper. You, you could have, like Dracula comes back and makes his own kind of crime syndicate, but each boss is a different <laughs> classic monster. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. I want a sequel now. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Directed by Zach. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Let's start the, uh, the, go, the GoFundMe. Or the, oh. <laughs> there we go. Or the, we'll or, or, or the OnlyFans. I can just reenact how it would be. <laughs> it, I'll buy, I'll buy the, all the outfits. And I can, just uh, buy the masks. That's all I need. It'll be a one-man show of Zach just doing every part. You've <laughs> <laughs> oh, seen one, take two, and cling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. So we bring it on home with Renfield. All of it's the alive. It's alive. It's <laughs> alive. Uh, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, so we bring it on home with Renfield. All of the support group is back, which I'm very happy that they did that. Uh, and they got brought back with Dracula blood and uh, a, lo- a lovely snack table or Dracula blood and pastries. Uh, yeah, usually a uh, cold-blooded person when people die i'm like okay cool they're dead now but i was happy they got brought back to life i was like i like these people i'm glad to see them back now and yeah. possibly immortal yeah there that's the go. other thing it's like they're kind of half vampires now like you know they are so like you can explore that in a sequel yeah like they, they kind of True. have powers and you they can, can start like a, a little like of... start a little army yeah of, like you know <laughs> You can make a spin-off movie of the support group when they said that they went to the other side and uh, the support group leader talks about how he's like, you've shown us what it's like to come back from the other side and see things that you can't yeah. unsee and know things that you can't unknow. <laughs> uh, so final thoughts on Renfield. Uh, I'll wrap it up quickly for me. Uh, this movie's fucking great. This is... Uh, one of my top five horror movies to come out this year. Um, And it's just a good time. It's quick. It's very entertaining, very movie or movie, very heartfelt, very very movie. Yeah. It's very movie, (laughs) very movie one and two, (laughs) Uh, but it's a great movie. I I love Renfield. It's one of my favorites of this year and definitely something I'm going to revisit time and time again. Uh, So Zach, Final thoughts on Renfield. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. I think it's just like one of the perfect horror comedies. I'm always like, I was always kind of judgmental about horror comedies and I've since opened up more to them. And I think this is like definitely at the top of my list with other ones. Um, we mentioned a couple movies like uh, Deadpool and Zombieland. So if you've not seen this, if you like those movies, uh, we mentioned Kick-Ass, Smoke and Aces. I think The Mask a little bit. Yeah, I can see like that. that. Like 90s, kind of like colorful, like neon aesthetic. And then uh, maybe Scott Pilgr- Pilgrim a little bit. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah, but all those movies, like if you if you love that kind of vibe, I think you would totally love Redfield. Hell yeah, Roy. Final thoughts. Yeah. So, like I said, I didn't know what to expect going into this, and I was happily surprised with what I got. It's got great action. The humor is actually funny. Um, and at the end of the day, it just has a great message to it. So all that combined with a fun story, great characters, like, man, this is probably one of the ones I'll go back to at least once a year and just watch for the hell of it. Just have some fun because, you know, you don't have to sit there three hours. You don't have to invest this, that, or whatever. You can just kick back, kind of turn your brain off, watch a fun movie with some vampires and <laughs> crazy crime and violence. Like, awesome. I'm down. Fuck Yeah. So uh, I met before we wrap it up, I mentioned uh, this was one of my top five favorite horror movies. Uh, the next movie we do uh, that comes out this same day isn't going to be on that list. So I actually thought if it's cool with you guys, I'll actually share with you what my top five is, because I just came up with this top five when I was texting Marcus and Luke uh, yesterday. Of all time? Uh, no, top five favorite horror movies of this year. Oh, shit. OK, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah man, I'm not familiar with too many movies that come out, so. Give me some recommendations. So in no particular order, uh, Renfield was in there for sure. Uh, Megan, I really, really loved. Uh, I've seen that three times, both cuts. Uh, the Blackening from Over the Summer. Oh, that was fantastic. Oh, you saw it? Oh, I love that movie. So yeah, yeah. good. Me and my uh, wife saw it. We both loved it. It's great. Roy, go check out The Blackening if you haven't seen it. It's awesome. Will do. Um, Thanksgiving, Eli Roth's new movie was the shit. Zach, did you see that? Yep, loved it. Oh my god, Roy, when you watch that, text us because it's okay. amazing. I've uh, only heard good things about it. And then uh, this next one, my last one is a, probably a little bit divisive, but I really like this movie and it actually scared the shit out of me. Uh, Skinamarink. Uh, I, I did not see that. Uh, didn't Marcus and Luke hate that movie? Or no, I'm thinking of The Outwaters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, they that. haven't seen Skinnamarink yet, I think. Um, but I really loved it. It is kind of long for the concept that they go for, but I think it actually worked because it actually scared the shit out of me for that whole hour 45 or whatever. So yeah, check those out. Uh, the movie we're doing next isn't on that list, so that's why I thought I'd put it here. Um. But uh, yeah, guys, anything else you want to say before we jump on over to the next episode? Um, how about I give you my top five in the next episode? Because like, I, okay, I'll, put sure. my, I'll put mine together quickly because I have my list. I, I, I like to keep track. So I sure. will. Uh, yeah. I know um, for a fact that the next movie that we do is going to be in there. So I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think Renfield is fantastic. I love Nicolas Cage in this movie. I hope it finds an audience over time. And I hope it's like a cult classic. And um, yeah, shame on you people for not seeing it in the theater. Shame, shame. Know shame your name. You. Shame on you, Roy. <laughs> come on. Hey, no, just come kidding. on. <laughs> hey, he, found a, he found another Renfield movie for us to hopefully discuss on the Creepy Crowley. Oh, yes, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that's right. I've redeemed myself. Uh, that's the type so, of movie for my show. Yeah. <laughs> Schlock. <laughs> Uh, next to be Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, 
without further ado, let's get the plugs out of the way before we end this episode uh, so people can jump on over to the next one. Uh, Zach, you want to plug everything you want to plug? Every hole? I, I, I do. Any hole is a goal? <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is EC Kroll. Uh, I'm a horror author, and I have a podcast called The Creepy Crowley on Spotify. Uh, I talk about horror movies and horror books and authors and directors and all that stuff. And then uh, I have a novella called Disseverment, which you can find on Amazon. I've got the audio book on there, too, through Audible. Um, it's a scary little uh, little nasty little book. It's a lot of, like, choppy, choppy, slicey, dicey stuff in it. <laughs> so if you like that kind of stuff, you can find the reviews on Goodreads. And you can find some reviews on Amazon. Some people have some nice things to say. And some people have some not-so-nice things to say about it. But you make up your own mind and and read it and see what you think and get back to me. That's it, Kevin. How did I do? You didn't laugh once. It was very difficult not to. (laughs) You you did good. It's not because what you're saying is funny. It's just the reactions from everybody when you do your plots. I'm trying not to look at you guys while talking. Usually Roy can't keep it together. (laughs) He usually just does them weird. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm on Instagram. Kind of, yeah. Like, all right, want to give us your handle where we can find you? Well, I'm trying to be better at this stuff because, like, I don't, I don't know how to like sell myself. Like, Roy, you do such a good job at that stuff, but I don't usually know, like, at sixty nine cents a test. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm not agreeing with you, but like, I don't, really, I don't have like that thing. Like, you either like just want to check out the book, or you, know, you can yeah. check out the creepy Crowley. Well, I will say, that was I am one of the people. That was pretty good. I will say I'm one of the people who checked out the Severment, and I only have nice things to say about it. Hey. It is a nasty book. As and I like it nasty. Do I? You're nasty. I, I have a I copy like it. of it here at home that I'm going to bring with me for Zach to sign next time I see him. Ooh. I'd be honored. Absolutely. I should um, say it's it's mostly been very positive things. I think people yes. are like uh, not expecting it to be as uh, what it ends up being when they read it. So it's very nice to to see the reaction that people are giving it. So yeah, it's a fantastic read. Highly very, recommend. Very grateful. Uh, speaking of uh, fantastic reads, uh, Roy, you want to plug your work as well and where people can find you? Sure. I would love to. Uh, so I'm a one-stop shop. You can find me over on Instagram at author underscore Honeybrook. And there you can find a link to my Amazon page. You can find all of my books there. There's four of them. And I believe Kevin, this episode's coming out New Year's Eve, right? Correct. So if you're listening to this before 11.59 p.m., my latest short story, New Year's Killing Eve, is free until 11.59 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Shit. You got to get that book, everybody. Dude, do it up. One of my favorite reads this year. For free? Come on. All you have I mean, to do is click the button, people. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay whatever for it. That <laughs> mo- that, uh, that read was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Well, th- Excellent story. Definitely read that, everybody. Hell yeah. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate that you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, Roy, can we give a little tease real quick for people? Uh, You and I got something in the works as well. You and Zach have been working on a project uh, for the new year, hopefully. And you and I got something else in the in the works as well. I don't even know if we've told Zach about it yet. I I don't know about this. What the the hell? We'll give some more deets in the next one, but uh, be on the lookout for uh, for something coming up in 2024 from uh, Roy and myself. Ooh. We've been some busy little boys over here. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. It's gonna be great. So uh I'm the least interesting out of these three, but I'll do my plugs anyway in case anyone cares. <laughs> Uh, this is the Midnight Terrors podcast. You can find us on socials under Facebook and Instagram under Midnight Terrors podcast. You can shoot us an email at Midnight Terrors podcast at gmail.com. You can check out our tea public store for a Midnight Terrors shirt, hoodie or sticker. Uh, see example on Roy's Instagram where he does the best flex anyone's done in a Midnight Terrors shirt. Oh, uh, please. I didn't even have a pump going. <laughs> Uh, I and... sure <laughs> <laughs> that's why uh, I did it. Yeah. And you can, uh, come communicate with all of the midnight terrors family on Facebook under the Facebook group, midnight terrors podcast. And, uh, yeah, this is the penultimate episode before the last episode of 2023. So stay tuned and jump on over to the next one and, uh, you'll hear, this uh, ghostly trio again shortly. So uh, thank you everybody for listening. This is a Midnight Terrorist Podcast. We'll see you all again next time. Peace. Peace.